is open. The word's about to come forth now. The word of God is about to come forth. Y'all ready to receive the word now? Come and get what you really came here for? Just a little bit more. All right, my wife doesn't make up. She doesn't make up any teaching. She's going to teach something that you're going to need, that your spirit is needing. This is supernatural. This is not natural. Amen? Amen. It's going to be something that your spirit man needs. If anybody, if anybody needs to go to the restroom, go now. Because after that, the door, I'm going to be like Noah, the door is closing. The door is closing. Ain't nobody else leaving out. All right. Nico, if you got to go, go. Unless it's an emergency. Uh, I Other just want to say that um, I'm glad to see Barbara and my brother Columbus here today. Going on, Steve? All right. <laughs> you think I remember? I remember, man. <laughs> um, can do y'all oh, know you met Columbus? I have no. Okay. That's, that's my brother. That's a brother. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then Columbus had two strokes. Was it, that, was it two? I had three. Three. Three strokes. And God has brought him all the way back. And we just thank God for Amen. it. We always tell that testimony every time Amen. I see him like I've never told it before. My <laughs> God. My God. God. God is a healer too. Amen. Amen. He'll just Amen. heal your your Amen. your physical body, but he'll heal your emotional past. And we need more of that than your body. You need that emotional Amen. healing. Amen. Amen. My God, my goodness. Y'all <laughs> Hey, look. Just to let y'all know, uh, y'all know we have acquired. Uh, was almost 2,000 square feet next door. We're mm -hmm. in the process. We won't be in here much longer, but we have this whole floor, so it's going to be a lot of room. You can get about 300, 400 people in there. Mm -hmm. So Amen. just bear with us right now and pray for us. Amen? Amen. And we're, this is what God is doing, all right? Amen. So we won't just be confined to here for about a couple more weeks, and we'll be over here. This will just be the teaching facility on Friday nights. But we'll have the other part open up for the real study. Amen? Amen. All right. Glory to God. Well, welcome. <laughs> y'all know we family. We like to have a good time. Yeah. So right now, I need y'all to put your student hats on, and we're going to learn. This is, listen, remember what I told y'all. You are the church. Church is not what you, is, is not just a place you go. It's who you are. Yeah. Okay? That means you are the call that one. Now God is going to speak. He's already rejoiced. Now he's going to speak through his teaching. Amen. So I want to make sure that your hearts are ready to receive. This is something that God has given Mel for your spirit, for your life. Amen? Amen. So now we're going to receive the word. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Y'all doing pretty good today? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, God, he seemed to take me through a whole lot to, <laughs> to bring a message. I was telling um, someone, I talked to so many people at times about different things. I don't know who it was, but I talked to, I think it was friendly. Uh, about how for a year or so prior to the ministry ever being birthed, I was, I was putting together messages. How many years? Nobody to give it to. Two years? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just putting them together. We didn't know. And um, obviously God was preparing me for uh, when the ministry would be birthed. And he has not allowed me to use not one of them. And they're already done. <laughs> Why can't you start over? About a hundred something. Yeah, so at any rate, um, while I was studying, just to share a little experience with you, and I hope it really helps you 
that when you feel that your body is totally can't go any further, you're exhausted, mm. and um, you just have no more to give God or anybody else. How many of us felt like this before? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I had to read an entire book that was all in one day. Of course, study the actual Word of God, and I did. She was with BK too, and. Um, after I did all that, it was about 10.30 at night on Friday, and Pastor and Greg was here painting the church, and I just felt bad because they were the only two here. And I said, well, I'm going to go. But I ended up going after Pastor had said, just, you know, just come. He really didn't figure out I was going to paint because he don't think I do that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, we had a diamond um, speed, uh, the diamond <laughs> uh, studded paint brush. We didn't have to. So I actually... Um, decided to come after I read something. I, I read that this man of God actually only normally get two hours of sleep. Then he goes out, has an international flight to go to be on. So you're saying that you only get two sleep? I was trying to understand what he was saying there. And he, when he has to do something for God, sleep is not an option. Mm. And uh, I was tired, my body was tired. But it just encouraged me and pushed me to be about God's business. And so I always thought I was already doing it by studying, but obviously that wasn't good enough. So I left and I came here and we painted until one o'clock in the morning. Then I got home and it was crazy. I was re-energized till I could finish my message and I worked on that to 4.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Then I got up at nine o'clock, went out, came back, and I got back in my study again and worked in and again for another four hours. I, I do anywhere from um, 16 to 24 to 72 hours of study <laughs> consistently. So to say all that is more of more or less of letting you know that you are to endure. Uh, it's not about how you feel, but it's about the mission in which you was called. And the mission in which we we're called is to be an ambassador of Christ. And so what um, God had me really studying this week is, uh, this is the topic, it's called Retaining Christ. Mm. Retaining Christ. This really came about because my, my heart really has been aching about the average Christian life, how initially our life is touched by Christ and we are very excited about it. Then however, in a short period of time, we're back to where we started. We're empty and we're void of his presence. You need a new high. You need a revival. You need to bring somebody in. You need to call on for a new restoration, be restored, and, 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 and be in all that to altar day and night and come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus. We tend to want to make up why God is not moving. God, why aren't you moving anymore? I can't sense you, I can't feel you. And that's not the case. He's always transmitting, you're just not receiving. Mm. So this is why we feel we need a revival. You just need to receive. Because he's always moving. He's always moving. Always. I just feel the spirit of the Lord in here today because you stopped receiving. Mm -mm. 
we think we're always, and we think it's proper too because the church teaches you this. It's time for a revival. Have a revival all week. Have a revival all week. The people end up being the same the very next week. Tired. Prior to the revival and after the revival. So it can't be, whose fault is it then that you feel that God is not moving? It's ours because he is moving. You're just not receiving. Think about it. Think about the Christians that you meet. How sometimes they, you meet some, they seem so on fire and happy for the Lord. For example, Pastor, <laughs> is it excited? But then you meet some other Christians that you're not quite sure if they are saved because they are depressed, they're sad, they complain about the situation. Don't like nobody. And this is because, we can get into later, the because. But they are dominated by their flesh. And what happens is that they, they become empty again and they really revert back to that unregenerated spirit again, not being born again. So you start to think like you were before you got saved. And you start to act the way that you did before you got saved. Mm -hmm. You have no joy of the Lord. You can't find or muster up a praise mm -hmm. because of your circumstance or situation in life. Not only the Christians, I'm gonna talk about the ones that are non-Christians, not to mention how the world is working hard to erase Christ yeah. out of our schools, mm -hmm. out of our marriages, military, and out of our nation. And for many, they're trying to eradicate him out of our minds. Out of your mind. They're trying to, the world is trying to eradicate Christ out of the mind of his creation. And they're doing a pretty good job of it on some people. Because they can't retain Christ. They're more in tune with what I want what they think is important in their lives, about paying their bill, their job, their, job, their family, your children, your spouse, relationships. That's what you value. That's what you value. And so they become, in their own ignorance, their own gods. And they have no need of the creator of this universe. They'll say, I'll do it. I can do it my mm -hmm. way better. We're talking about retaining Christ. Mm -hmm. Retaining Christ. Prayer don't work. That's what they say. So, just want to tell you a little bit here about what John speaks about that's not retaining Christ. He says here in John 6, 64 66, this is not our foundation scripture, but this is just a reference to what I just mentioned. But still, some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. Mm. He said he knew it from the beginning that you would act like you were saved and you wouldn't live out the life. He said, mm. I knew that you would be false to me. And he said, this is why I told you that no one come to me unless, he, unless it is granted him, 
unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. After this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations, and no longer accompanied him. Mm. And this is what the body of Christ is doing. Still happening. They say that. Still happening. That the Lord is their Savior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he says, You have left me and went back to your old association. He said, the disciples, disciples drew back. They returned back to their old way of doing things and no longer accompanied him. Before what we call the great falling away, it was the truly great falling away of the, of the disciples. And they're yet now as we speak, a falling away of those who say that they are believers. And why? And we're going to talk about why. What causes you to walk away from God? What causes you to turn your back and walk away as if you never knew him? But he says, I'm not surprised because I knew from the start. Because mm -hmm. yeah, you only come to me because my father has said so. And I knew you would be false and you would have no faith. And I knew you wouldn't believe. I knew when Judas did what he did before he did it that he would do it because he was never one of us. Had he been, he would never left us. So it's basically just like when he said, let the wheat and tear grow together. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. Goes on to say, except it were given unto him, none can come at first unless he be drawn by the Father and none can continue unless he continue under those sacrifice influences which God gives only to those who do not receive his first grace in vain. What he's saying here, <laughs> break it down. Except it were given unto him, no one can come first unless he be drawn by the Father. And none can continue. This is why people have to leave. They can't continue unless he continue under those sacrifice influences which God gives only to those who do not receive his first grace in vain. Those who leave receive his grace in vain. And because you do not continue with the sacrifices, this is why you can't remain. This is just an intro into retaining Christ. Freelina? Uh, what was the scripture, the first scripture you said was John 6? That's John 6, six, verse 64 through 66. Okay. Um, With someone else? Yeah, right. Two. We got. Dave? Did you want to think? Let's say you leave mm. and come back <laughs> and leave again uh -huh. and come back again. Right. 
<laughs> would that person say didn't true like you said didn't truly retain the grace or at some point did they if they came back or are they still never wanted them because they left in the first place? You wouldn't be able to come back because normally when a person truly leaves, they can't come back. No. When they truly leave. Yeah. When they truly leave. Truly leave. This is what they really decide. They, in their mind, in the heart, in the direction that they would go, is never to come back. See, what prevented Judas from coming back? Peter denounced him. Peter denied him. Peter denied him. See, what happened was that you receive his grace in vain. We take for granted there you go. the things that he's done for us. And we don't thank him, so we think on the things that are not right. So you exalt the situation that's not right in your life. And so that's why you can't glorify God. And then this, you give me a little head in my subject, is that what happens when you don't glorify God, this, is, this causes you now for the joy that you have for him to wear <laughs> off. Mm -mm. And you find yourself having no need of him. Mm -mm. Yeah, that was deep. Mm -hmm. John even says, I'm the good shepherd and know my sheep and am mm -hmm. known of mine. Mm -hmm. Meaning, what Pastor said about morning, you know my voice when I call you. You're mine, and I'm yours, yeah. as I am the, of the Father. There's a time for when he calls you, and you know his voice, because you are his. Mm. And when you say yes, you're automatically his. Mm. And the thing of it is, when you do leave and go, mm -hmm. see, he, this is why he said, I'm married to the backslider. Mm -hmm. But he is married. That's why he said, just return to That's me. right. Return. I'm married to you. Amen. The problem is that you're not married to him. Mm -hmm. He's married to you, but you're not married to him. Mm -hmm. This is why you can do that. In a marriage, you don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. You want to stay. Right. So he always stays, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no matter what. Right. Even in your death. Yeah. He said, what could separate me? Yes. No death, no height, no breath. No, not even death itself, he said, yeah. could separate that love that I have for mm -hmm. you. But as soon as somebody say something to us, but we don't like you no more, that's it. We separated. <laughs> See, that's us, yeah. but not God. God right. don't do that. Mm. But we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it can go even deeper in that one. So he's mm. always there. It's just yeah. that we turn away. Amen. He's always want he he wants you just to repent and come back, but we won't. See, the longer you stay away, the easier it's to stay away. Yeah. The longer you stay away from His presence, the easier it is. The longer you stay away from worship, longer you stay away from reading your Word, the easier it is. And then eventually, guess what? You won't. Amen. And then you'll be convicted that I can't even come back. But who that is, he that is spiritual, what we're supposed to do is restore. That's my job. That's our job, is restore that person. You too. Well, yeah. I just heard something. I know you did. <laughs> That's how we work up here. <laughs> I just heard something. <laughs> keep talking to your questions. Amen. <laughs> I, I keep on. Y'all know I can. But uh, what I'm saying is that we, 
we have to really understand this thing of salvation is so, um, it's him. Because his name, Jesus, means salvation. That's who he is. And what we just don't believe that we need a savior. We don't think we need a savior. We think that, you know, uh, sin doesn't do anything. It, it destroys the very cosmos. It, it, it changes the whole atmosphere. It changes God. And that. His, his, I have to make a way. I love you so much. I'm going to make a way for you to get back to me because of your disobedience. I'm going to make a way. Yeah. I'm going to lay, guess what? You won't have to die. I'll die in your place. Oh my God. I'm just trying to think of that. Like, you know, your lover. Yep, go ahead. See, that's this is why I he had. told parables. <laughs> this is why he told parables, because I'm trying to tell you something so you can get it. That's why I got to tell you a yeah. parable. So go ahead. I'm just saying, my lover, you. That's right. Trying to, you make, I can't get to you, but you make a way mm. so I can get to you. Mm-hmm. No right. matter what you have to do. That's right. Don't be concerned about it. Don't worry about it. I'm making a way to get to you. Just That's come. deep. See that for me, that runs deep. Right. I'm sorry. This is why that. he says. This is why he go back. To, he says, "I am the way, yeah. the truth, and the life." See, we don't even value those words. He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." So if you come my way, Jesus, you'll be in truth, and you'll have the everlasting life that I already planned for you. See, but just come my way. I'm making it. See, you are the king and priest. Mm-hmm. Of our home. Of our home. That's right. And I'm looking to you mm-hmm. as always making a way. Because in this relationship, who are you? You represent the, the what? Church. The church. And in yeah. this relationship, I represent who? Christ. Paul said, I'll show you a mystery. Jesus. Paul said, I'm going to show you the relationship between Christ, the church, the husband and wife. You don't understand that relationship God of the two. Rom- God be romancing you. I'm saying spiritually. We don't know. The, we don't know the words. Yeah. In this relationship, yeah. you're what? You're pursuing what? The church is pursuing who? Christ. That's right. See, in the in the relationship, mm. I know my role mm. as husband, right? As provider. Okay, it's, it's safe to get back to as the pattern. Okay. See, I can keep. We can keep going, but it's the. You don't understand. It's the way it leads in. Yes. See, in each home, this is the same cosmo mm. that's set up. In each home, family. And we are the family of God. We don't understand the role of the husband and the wife. In our relationship, you're the church. And the Bible says that I'm to lay my life down for you. Amen. 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 See, if you know that I'll lay my life down for you, you won't leave me. See, we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't get the relationship of the husband and wife. So this is why the enemy wants to destroy husband and wives, two women and two men. This one to destroy. That's not God's plan. That's not his design. But then See, you can't have two churches in there and then two Jesus. It, it don't work. You got to have Jesus and the church. Then you say that the backslide, if I backslide in relationship. Right. Come on back. Just return to me. I'll show you I am the way. This is what we don't get it. Okay. This is why he wants to preserve the, the institution of marriage, mm-hmm. because it's an it's an example mm-hmm. of church and Christ. And this is why you have failed marriages and relationships because you're not one. You have one person saved, another person who's not saved. That's right. And it's very it's impossible really to live that life, um, a life that is one <laughs> with God. 
And so this is why you both do need to be saved. Because the husband, his role is to decree and to declare the direction of the family. And then the wife, she's supposed to submit to to his lead. But if he's not saved, he has no vision. Her needs. The church have needs, so he caters to your needs, needs and you. you submit to my lead. Please. The church, Amen. this is how it works. Jesus. It's not in a dominating yes. role, it's in a love role. Jesus, yes. See, we don't get it. Yes. Y'all don't get it. That's why your marriages got to be on point. Yes. Because it's a representation mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. Amen. And two women and two men is not a representation yes. of the kingdom of God. Amen. Oh, my Lord. Amen. That's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. Marriages, if under God. Under God. Beautiful. One last uh, thing. Uh-huh. One last thing. This is what's so good is that in that relationship, mm-hmm. the Bible said that if you stay sanctified, you be the church. Yeah. That, that he said that it'll, it'll mm-hmm. put that husband, mm-hmm. that sanctified woman will sanctify that husband. Yes, yes. That means set apart. Yes, yes. So, and then it'll reverse. If I'm saved, <laughs> it will sanctify you. Yes, amen, amen. It will put you apart and yes. set you apart for me. Amen. If you understand that. And that's, and that's what happened today. That's exactly Today what is that. DK being saved, giving his life to Christ. There's no way that you can be soaking wet and you hug someone and they don't get wet Wet. too. And in this case, I'm walking with God. His glory is on my life. There's no way that darkness and light can coexist in the same place. And and BK and Lauren, the same grace and mercy Mm -hmm. that God shown us In our relationship in the beginning, he's going to show to you because he's no respecter Amen. of person. He, know, he knew that we would get married eventually. Amen. He knew that. Well, y'all don't understand that one because I told her I won't never get married again, ever. And when I say something, I mean it. I'm never going to go to church. Ever. Never going to church married. and ain't getting married. Look at me. Pastor and married. Happily married. But you know what? The key to that is that I yielded. That's the only key is that I yielded. Amen. Retaining Christ. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Let's give you the purpose as to why Mr. Teaching brought about. Come on. The purpose is this. Overall, we have to remind humanity there's no consistent stability in a life outside of the Savior. Mm. The purpose of this teaching is overall to remind humanity there's no consistent stability in life outside of our Savior. Mm. Stability. Amen. Consistent stability. No up and down. That's right. Mm. The purpose is also to share with Christian the keys to retaining Christ. And to the center, I present to you the gospel. Glad tidings. Or in the Greek translation, too good to be true news. (laughs) Good God. He has died for you so you can live and not only live, but, but that you might have everlasting life through Christ Jesus. So retain, what does retain mean? It means mm. to, to keep in one's possession. We're talking about retaining Christ, to keep him in your possession, to hold him as a person to be able to remember, to keep him in remembrance without any difficulty, to continue to keep in mind, retain. This is what Christians are having a difficult thing doing, is keeping Christ in their mind. 
You are forgetting who he is. You're forgetting what he's done for you. And when you forget that, this causes you to draw away and eventually walk away from God, retaining Christ. So here's our foundation scripture. And you're going to try to figure out how does this tie into retaining Christ? Mm. It's Romans 1, verse 18 through 21. Mm. And this is going to be a part two because we're at the half an hour. And I am a person of time. So Romans 1, verse 18 through 21. And it reads, keep in mind as I'm reading this, the topic, retaining Christ. Because I'm going to ask you a question mm -hmm. when we get done. For God's holy wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperable. Mm. For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner consciousness, because God himself has shown it to them. Mm. For even since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and, and dignity, divinity, mm -hmm. have been made intelligent and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made, his handiworks. Mm -hmm. So men are without excuse, altogether without any defense or justification. Mm -hmm. Because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead, they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imagination, foolish reasoning, and, mm. and stupid speculation, Jesus. and their senseless minds were darkened. Jesus. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Mm -hmm. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. Jesus. So what is he saying here? For God's holy wrath and indignation. These are words a lot of times we just go over. Mm -hmm. This is why we don't understand really what the word of God is saying. He said, I reveal from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteous men who are, they are wickedness and their repression and they hinder the truth and make it inoperable. He talks about all creation know that he exists. Amen. Some? He said, those who... <laughs> all those who are saved and those who are not saved it's, it's been placed in you in all humanity a homing device that homes in on the fact that God is your creator mm. built in it's built in every atheist that says that there is no God lies because the truth has already been placed in him. There's a homing device that allows you to know that God exists. He said, through my own creation, you see. From the invisible that I am, you see through what I made visible, my creation, and it verifies that I exist. 
He said, but in your heart, you repress the truth. Mm. And you make the truth inoperable. Allah. And so you're convinced mm -hmm. that I don't exist because you repress the truth that I placed inside of it you. It means resist, keep down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So this is why he says that, you, that they know. Mm -hmm. So to me, with the atheist, if he don't exist, what are we having this conversation for then? It's like you're saying, I'm Chinese. Why I'm saying I'm not Chinese? I don't need yeah. to I don't exist. say that. I mean, that's not a statement that I need to. That's not a, res not a, a statement that needs a response. Certain statement needs no response, and that will be one of those. Mm -hmm. So yes. within man, Mm -hmm. Not just man, but everything that's created mm -hmm. has basically the fingerprint mm -hmm. of God. Amen. Everything. Mm -hmm. And what we do mm -hmm. is use our own mm -hmm. intellect mm -hmm. to justify mm -hmm. his existence or his non-existence. See, just, mm -hmm. the, just, the, just look at that, of his non-existence. Mm -hmm. For you to be non-existent, mm -hmm. means that you exist. Amen. And, it's, and he's saying in his creation, mm -hmm. you know it. Right. Amen. You can either reject it mm -hmm. or embrace it. Amen. Right. With your brain, you can only, you only use 10% of your brain. That's right. 10. And with that little bit of 10%, you're trying to rationalize, is there a God? God. What about that other 90%? Why is that there? But go ahead. That's another subject. You're going to tap into the supernatural to know that not only that he is but the fullness of who he is the revelation so we're saying here mm -hmm. good. that those who even say that he does not exist are going to be without excuse because he said every knee is going to bow and every knee is going to confess that he's Lord and if that's the case it's because they know that he is God is built in. You cannot deny it. Wow. You can, but it's not true. He said, they know me, but they didn't recognize him, and they didn't glorify him. They claim to be wise in their own man-made religion. He said, and they became fools and simpletons. That's why when you were reading the um, foundation scripture it was basically what you were hearing mm -hmm. was a relationship not a religion Amen. and that's what I was seeing he was mm -hmm. it was just that one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. there was no religion in the garden in the garden of Adam and Eve there was mm -hmm. no religion in there right. it was just relationship Amen. that was man and, and God and Adam walked in the cooler it was just a relationship it wasn't a Sadducee the Pharisees mm -hmm. or a Mormon or what it wasn't that it was just a relationship amen amen mm. and that's why it's hard to really retain God because for you it's not a reality that mm. it's a relationship. relationship. But the world keeps putting religion to you. Yeah. It's a relationship is what Jesus was seeking for everyone. I'm going to give you a highlight of Romans, unless you have questions about Romans uh, 1, 18 Anybody? through 21. Any questions, comments? You've heard it before. Okay. okay. So here's a highlight of it. There is an intuitive revelation of the existence of God on the inside of all humanity. Mm. <laughs> Whitney looking like Janae when she made that face. <laughs> There's an intuitive re revelation of the existence of God on the inside of all humanity. 
Not sometimes you just feel like something's just gonna happen, or you you have a certain feeling about something. Everybody's had that. He's placed it there mm -hmm. for his purpose. That he is God. All humanity that will ever exist is without excuse of his existence. <laughs> so when you meet him, you're gonna be like, I didn't know you existed. I didn't believe you existed. Be without excuse. I'm just saying, it's gonna be funny. These are the steps and how people can walk away from God. These steps are the same steps to walk away and draw near to God. So really listen good. close. <laughs> same steps. They glorify him not as God. We, we're in Romans 1, 18 through 21. This is the highlight of it. And these are the steps. They glorified him not as God. And glorify means what? Come on, glorify, folks. See, that's why you got to be taught. To exalt, glorify, to worship. Esteem, value. Obey. Glorify. A deeper insight of glorify means to value. They didn't value God. Mm. This is really good. These are the steps to walk away and to draw near to God. Keep in mind. Neither were they thankful. Mm. They didn't remember what he had done for them. They didn't recant. When I had so much time chasing me that for some reason the judge let me go. Or a sickness. Or a sickness. In your body. And it didn't take you out. He said, how soon do you forget how I brought you out? Mm. How soon do you forget when you're in prison that I'll open the doors of the prison and I freed you, not the judge? Because I am the highest judge, and I'm your advocate, and I am your lawyer. He said, how soon do you forget? He's a full counsel. I've been your counsel, I've been your advocate, I've been your judge, I've been your advocator. I'm your deliverer. Why, the enemy has been your accuser. He brought you here today, and he comes now to bring you before the courts. It's just the heavenly courts. You know what? We all have been before the heavenly courts. Oh, yes, we have. Because when you say the sinner's prayer, you are saying and admitting mm -hmm. that I am a sinner. Yes, you have to admit that first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So once you admit it, yes. confess with your mouth yes. and, and believe in your heart. Mm -hmm. See, that's the two different things. You can yes. get a parrot that can confess, but he ain't believed in his heart. That's right. Uh, that's a parrot right. can do the sinner's prayer. No, he sure can. He can repeat it. <laughs> and we right? had many parrots to be there you go. not converted into the kingdom of God. But the key, <laughs> but the key 
The key to that is that the Bible says that you have to believe in your heart. That's where you believe. Because you can say anything out of this. But here is where your belief system is. It's in your heart. And that's what he looks at. What well, doesn't define what goes in. He said what comes out. We're going to get through these steps. One fifteen. Never, we said, uh, they didn't glorify him as God. They didn't value him. Neither were they thankful. Hmm. And when you don't think about what God has done for you and what he's doing for you, he becomes to be something very small in your life. And everything and everyone else becomes to be very big. And that's why you're always overcome by your situation or circumstance or people mm. because God is not big in your life. Your sickness is. Your, your lack of money is. Mm. Your relationship is. Because this is what consumes you. This is, this is your focus. And what you give thanks is your trial. What you give thanks is what you're going through. What you give thanks and bow down to is the things of this world mm. and not God. The third step that causes you to walk away or to draw near to God is you become vain in your imagination. And vain in your imagination means non-productive, mm. not benefiting you. You, have, you imagine some things that don't even benefit you. <laughs> you imagine, you know, you go to the doctor and you think about it, because um, this, this has happened to me, because my mom passed from a heart um, problem, <clears throat> and immediately, if I'm having chest pain, that was the first thing I think, oh, yeah. I could be a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be a heart attack. Oh, I'm going to die from a heart problem. Mm -hmm. Then you, you take yourself all to the grave and you see yourself in a coffin. This is, this is what your imagination can do with you. Fear. Your imagination, it brings fear. And the negative side of it, it brings fear, it brings doubt, it brings worry, fear, doubt, worry, pain. Your imagination brings on disease. Your imagination brings on disease. Your imagination. He said they're vain, a vain imagination. It's idle. Non-productive. It doesn't benefit you. Mm. This is why often people who know me, I don't like to waste time. What else could I be doing? I want to do something that's productive. Or I worry. want. I, I what's that? Or worry. Or worry. I can't worry because I need to. When my husband and I talk, I said, No, I need to hear the solution. I don't want. I know what the problem is. I need to hear the solution. Amen. When you're already identified what the problem is, why are we keep talking, talking about, about the problem? problem? Let's talk about the solution. Amen. And you don't pray the problem, you pray the solution. It's, that's, I mean, that, that's non-productive. Idle. That's a vain imagination you're having. You need to have, and imagination is good, it's just what direction is your imagination taking you in? Because it does take you. See, this brings you into a place of peace when you have an imagination on the positive side. Yep. Okay, I see that we may not have what appears to be enough money. But what do we do about getting enough money? Hmm. Let's go down the list of line, a line of the word of God to do a checklist. 
Mm. Are we tithers? Mm. Yes, we are. Put prayer at the top. Pray at the top. Pray at the top. Worship. Yes, we do. Sacrifice <laughs> our times. Yes, we do. Anything That's else? Right. We should. What is it? No, my check is going like that. <laughs> it's a big check. <laughs> it's a big and, check. And my brand bearing good fruit. Uh, and I'm bearing good there fruit. There you go. Uh, walking in love. All there these things go. here. Are we doing that? See, but you could be doing one and not the other. You have to do the whole entire canon of scripture. And don't be deceived. Because some of us can be really deep in worship and pray and read the word of God, but then you trip yourself up because then you don't tithe. But for some reason, you're real convinced that it's all working out on your behalf. Oh it is. And Jesus come to come. It is. It's working. For your favor. No, that's for working. the good. word. It, the word is working because he said, I cannot rebuke the devourer. Right. It is working. Amen. It is working. That's on the you. Word, the word works. The word works. The word works. You, and you don't yeah. have to work the word. Yeah. Don't listen to people talking about that you got to work the word. The word work is, is will not return Amen. back to him void. Amen. It, it is not without power. You are the one that's hindering it. What are some things in hindering your prayers? We can go into all of that. Recognize mm -hmm. the power of your imagination. This is still that's really good. three. It's still three. You need to recognize the power of your imagination. What are some of the things you imagine to do? Actually did it. And what were some of the consequences of those things that you imagine you actually did? Mm. Mm. How many successful things yeah. have you imagined versus all those negative things you imagine? And, uh, I can share with you, for me, what I imagine. I imagine, after being in an abusive marriage, physical and verbally, not being in that marriage, I imagine having a saved husband. I imagine that he had to be saved for real and love God. I imagine me never having to look at a bill another day in my life because this would be my husband's responsibility. I imagine that he would not only love me, but he would love my children that I was bringing into the marriage as if they were his own. I imagine me going into our home, raising our kids, a safe home, I imagine where we're at now. I imagine that. I have imagined my sisters not only being saved, but experiencing the full life that God has intended for them to live. I'm still imagining that. I've imagined my sister fully recovered. I imagine that. I imagine my nephews that are here today and Lauren that's here today, I Amen. imagine that. And my brother, Columbus, I imagine that, Amen. Brenda. I, I imagine that. So did. I'm still imagining some of my family who are not close and they're divided. I'm imagining that we're really whole and we, we're there for each other the way that family should be. I'm imagining that. I'm imagining that we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. 
and because of our love that we have for each other, Amen. it will be infectious, and other people are going to wonder what is going on with those that walk in ministry. Amen. Amen. I'm imagining that there won't be days to where you walk and experience lack, but you'll be walking in total abundance because you're seeking the kingdom of God. I'm imagining that for everyone who's a part of walking ministry, that your eyes will be open to the word of God, yeah. and you will only listen and adhere to the word of a good shepherd. I'm imagining that. Yeah. I'm imagining one day, Juan, that you can come up here and you just decided that I've tried everything else. Gabby's not going to have to push me anymore. She's not going to have to try to... You know, be praying about my salvation anymore. I imagine that you're going to have your own business. Amen. Amen. I imagine mm. you've given your life to Christ and everything's going to work out for your favor because you've laid down everything for him. Amen. I've imagined that. Amen. Not only have I imagined it, but I've attached my faith to it. <laughs> They, 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 think it, they don't think it's real. You know, they don't think it's real. I've sent real. out and dispatched ministering angels Amen. out on you all's behalf. Amen. See, I have imagined Amen. your union with your husband Amen. and to, to be empowered and infused with the power of God. Amen. Amen. And that he will be the priest and the prophet and the king of your home, decreeing and calling the direction of the family. I'm imagining that. Amen. I see Aaron begin to stand up and then pray in the home, and he's calling, he's demanding, he's mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm, declaring mm -hmm. for the unity of the family. I imagine mm -hmm. that. I imagine that Adriana, she's standing alongside of her brother and the things that they see in the spirit that they bring to their parents and you all come in agreement and you stand as one in your house. So I imagine that. I imagine that every seed that you've sown into this ministry not only come back to you in a fold materialistic and money-wise, but also spiritually. I imagine that. I imagine that peace will overtake you with everything that you've been thinking of and what you want and what you desire. I imagine that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I have imagined that there's going to be a day when Dave finally says, Lord, thank you, Lord. I totally surrender. I don't understand a lot of what I've been taught. But I just receive you totally today. I imagine where your heart is not be 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 blocked from receiving the things from God, but there's gonna be a constant flow of the love of God. I imagine that. I imagine when you're not going to be confused about anything anymore when it comes to who God is and what he's doing in his life. I imagine that you will see the image of Christ in yourself. Amen. And this is how you're going to be able to follow Christ because you see him in yourself. Amen. Your true identity. Your true identity. Not what no one else have tried to identify you as. Mm -hmm. Fred Lena did something so simple. She bought me three cough drops, and I said, thank you. But the thank you was this. 
and it was in my heart, and I didn't even share it with her. I said, Lord, I want to add her on my will. She's my daughter. I don't know about you, but my word carries weight. Amen. What I believe and what I say, I will have. Amen. You can only conceive what's in your heart that's real to you. And you are my daughter. So much so that I thought about you to be added in my will. <coughs> I want to make certain that you all share with her star and rock it. I request that she be there and to share it equally. The steps to walk away and draw near to God are to save. Recognize your power, Dominique, to imagine. Our imagination is one of the strongest tools that God has given us. Amen. We are, it is a byproduct of what we focus on. It's where conception actually starts. But the fourth, the fourth step is a foolish heart that has been darkened. So that's the negative side of how to walk away from God. And the positive side as to how to draw near to God is that we value Him, mm -hmm. we be thankful to Him. We imagine and we, we recognize who he is. When we read the word of God and what he's done for us, we have to imagine him on that cross and imagine him being crucified and imagine him being raised on that third day. It has to be real to us. We have to have a good heart, a heart that's pure, a heart that, that can conceive the word of God. <laughs> Why don't we value God? Well, it's simple. We decrease his worth and value in comparison to everything and everyone else. We don't value God because we decrease his worth and his value in comparison to everything and everyone else. However, he says, if any man come to me, and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and sisters, yea, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For some reason, why don't you still love your own life? He says, this is why you can't come to me. This is why we don't come. He says, because you can't forsake all. He said, lose. 
lose all to gain all. That's beautiful. Lose all. He said, this is why you can't come to me. You have not yet hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brethren, your sisters, and yea, even your own life. And this is why you can't follow me. When he says hate, there's no comparison to God. But you compare. So he has to use a word that you can relate to. Hate. He said, I'm not saying to hate your wife, Greg. But if it had to be comparison to me, the word would be hate. Mm. Because you would have to hate one to love the other. And because of your love for me will overflow for your love for her. Because you can't properly love her without me. Yeah. And so now even your love that you think you have for her so much is not even love. Because she can make you not love her by something she says or do. This is why you need the love of Christ that sees past what someone would do to you. Unconditional. The hurt and the shame that a person can bring to you. Unconditional. We love ourselves too much to love God. You love things too much to love God. You love your bad situation too much to love God. You have become accustomed to dysfunctionality. Why don't we value God? We stop receiving. But he has never stopped transmitting. You stop receiving from him. When you walk away from God, this is what you're walking away from. The revelation of God's existence. When you walk away from him, Dave, at any point, you start to walk away from the revelation of God's existence. Mm. When you walk away from God, you, you walk away from the very fact of how he hates sin. And so you then begin to love sin again mm. because you're no longer walking with God and he hates sin. The third thing is that you walk away, when you walk away, you now no longer feel accountable to God. Mm -hmm. Do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But I still say that you're my God. Mm -hmm. When you value God, the revelation of God's joy, his love, his peace, his healing and his anointing and the, his very presence is manifested in your life. When you value God, the revelation of his love, see right now, while you don't see his love, his undying, unfailing love, the revelation of that, 
his joy, his peace, Amen. his anointing, and his tangible manifested presence. Amen. When you value God, you're refreshed no matter what you go through. Amen. You're restored. Your faith grows when you magnify God. Amen. When you say, God, you are good. Amen. Your faith grows. Right in the middle of the mess. Yes. Your response has to be that God is bigger mm. than your circumstance. Mm. We're finally getting to the support in scripture, which is Philippians 7, 3. Verse 7 and 8. That's Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. And this is Apostle Paul. But whatever former things I have had that might have been gains to me, mm -hmm. I've come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, for, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, mm. the overwhelming preciousness, mm. the surpassing wealth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, mm. and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, mm. of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, mm. I have lost everything Jesus. and considered all to be mere rubbish, refuse, in order that I may win, gain Christ, the anointed one. Mm. For his sake, I've lost everything, <laughs> and I consider all what I've gained to be mere rubbish, garbage. My house, my car, my job, garbage. None of those things you can take with you. None. Mm. While I'm at my work, I enjoy my job director marketing, communication, get to travel, all those great things. And I sit there in those board meetings and seem to be people's lives and they, they status and all this. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, this is so meaningless. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get back to the gathering. Amen. I can't wait to talk about my God. I can't, can't wait to come to corporate prayer. This is when you, when you really immerse your life into Christ, Going to work and the things of this life is so insignificant. Mm. You're like, why am I even here? <laughs> the highlights of Philippians 3, 7 and 8. Paul places a high value on knowing God. This is something we don't do. Most Christians can't say that, <clears throat> which is the reason why Paul could do what he did, and we can't. Mm. While he was in prison, this book was one of the most happiest books he has ever written. While he was in prison? While he was in prison. Mm. He didn't have his freedom, but he praised God. He said, or used the word joy, rejoice, and rejoicing, a total of 17 times in these four books while he was in prison. He didn't place value on his freedom, on his own life, or his possession. Because God had became his possession and his prize. 
retaining God's goodness. We do that through our memory. Your memory is very important. And we do it through spiritual insight. This is why he said, build a monument to remember me. Those milestones in your life when I saved your life and you didn't even know it. Mm. Mm. Even build those milestones to remember what I did for you. When I parted the Red Sea, there have been some Red Sea parting even still now for our lives. When I held back the hands of death. He said, remember that. Make a monument unto yourself because you will forget. You have to see with spiritual eyes. See by faith. Mark uh, 6, 38 through 41. I am going to end on that because I think we're at our conclusion anyway. Mm-hmm. But I have to share this with you. It really talks about the, the two fish and the five loaves of bread. It's a very familiar story. Very familiar story. Mm-hmm. But it's not real to the Christian. But I'm going to read it to you. And it's about seeing with your spiritual eyes. 38, so Mark 6, 38 through 41. Mm-hmm. He said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to sit down before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. We heard this before. Mm-hmm. He fed over 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. How did he do that? Do you even believe that he did that? Do you believe that he did that? Do you believe you can do that? This is when you're in your circumstance or your situation and you're going, what you see looks impossible. And that's what God, he deals with impossibilities. He deals with, there's no hope. (laughs) There's no way. Call it quits. Uh, Throw in the towel. I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) Hands is up. Look at your situation. It could be your body being afflicted. It could be your finances. It could be you're waiting on someone to get saved. You're waiting on something to happen. 
I just need a better income to support my family. Everything be good now. I need to know how, I need wisdom to raise my child. They're waiting on something. I'm in a situation to where I just can't do this. And the word says, imagine 5,000. That, doesn't that sound like impossible, right? Sure do. You can hardly feed the people here yeah. with that. <laughs> and Jesus is our example. He took the food. He lifted the food up. Yes, right. He looked up and he blessed the food. But when you look up the word, he look up. It's a compound word in the translation in Greek, and it means he saw again. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. This is why we need to become students of the word of God. Don't just go somewhere. And it is a matter of life and death. Will you go and hear the word of God? Because it takes time to study like this. Because it would be just easy for me to get up and start talking on my own opinion, what I thought the word of God was saying. Mm-hmm. Allow the word to interpret itself. That's right. So when he lift up the fish and the bread to the Father and he blessed it, he said he looked up. But for him to look up, it meant he looked again. He didn't see two fish and five loaves of bread. He saw with his spiritual eye. He saw again. See your situation die. But see again. I see what it looks like. But see again. Look up. Look up with your spiritual eyes. How do you see? We we are supernatural. We are born again. We cause things that are not to be. He didn't just have the food in his hand and he blessed it. He looked up to where it was already done. He saw into eternity. He had to see past time. Time has boundaries. Time tells you when you can do what you can do. It's finite. Time dictates to you. Mm-hmm. Time tells you this is it. Mm-mm. It's not going to get any better. That's what times tell sure you. Do. Don't you see it? <laughs> time says because of my record, I can't get a better job. That's mm-hmm. what time That's tells what time tells. But I say... Like my father said, uh-huh. if thou can believe, mm-hmm. yes. all things, all things is possible to, to him that believes. That believes. Now say, because the word of God is even not in your mouth. Now say, now he says, now frame your life. Amen. Now frame Amen. your life. Amen. Not what you see, now, now frame it. They're letting life frame. Now draw it out. Now you do the you do the you do it. blueprint of your life. What did he tell Ezekiel? You say to the bone, you can these live again. 
How is your life looking? How does your life look? Extraordinary? Mm. How do your life look? Amazing. Amen. Imagine, I have to see. I have to see beyond. I always use this test and finish this. So when Jesus looked again, when he looked, he looked again. He says, this is how you are to look. But how do you look again? Mm. You look again with your regenerated heart, mm. not with your eyes. Oh, go ahead. You look again with your heart, because this is where you imagine. You don't imagine here. As I was teaching some time back, your brain is not the central station for your intellect. Mm -hmm. Your senses educates your brain. Your five senses educate your brain. This is why when you're in a coma, they say sometimes people are brain dead. If you had so much intellect, why didn't you stop yourself from being brain dead? You can't because your senses stop working. Your senses tells your brain to move my hand, what you feel. This is how you experience life. Your senses throughout, through your, your ear gate and your eye gate, this is how you got educated, not your brain. This is why people always talk about what they feel because it's your senses. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so, so is, is he. You're thinking in your heart. I thought it was your head. Mm -hmm. mm. This is why you can still exist when your brain is dead. Mm. Mm -hmm. You can't with your heart, can you? Because <laughs> this is what you really think. That's right. That's where your belief is. So Jesus says, give me the bread and the fish. And he looked to the Father, which is our provider, and he will and he will and he shall provide. And he saw spiritually more than the people that were out there, because over five thousand said children. An adult. Mm -hmm. Then he gave it to his disciples. But his disciples had to believe. And his disciples, I can't imagine, his disciples with those two pieces of fish and bread, <laughs> as they were pulling it apart and giving it to the people, they had to believe and see again as well. Because they had to believe as they was giving it out, God was going to multiply. God was going to multiply. And he did. They said, they had a enough left over that they had seconds. And then they still had some left over. So each of them had to believe because there were 12 mm -hmm. bushels left. Mm -hmm. But this is what's happening here with mm -hmm. retaining God. We're talking about retaining God. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
and to retain them with all those different steps I gave you. You have to rejoice. You have to glorify him. You have to be thankful. You have to have place value. He is the ultimate value in your life. Amen. And when you don't value him, and what I wrote down early was this, is that this is why people are depressed and they, because the word of God says, I've given you the garment of praise. That's right. Mm-hmm. For the spirit of heaviness. I've given you mm. praise to cloak you, for you to wear as a part of you. I've given you the garment of praise. But because the day or days that come when you don't value me, you don't glorify me, Mm-mm. your joy starts to wear off. Praise, you being thankful, starts to wear off. And I, I'm able to walk away from you. I'm able to walk away from you. Then I can't hear you. I can't perceive you. I don't know whose voice I'm hearing. Uh Paul says there's many voices in the world. Uh You need to put your your praise back on. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I pray that today, that this teaching, because it's a little bit more, uh, but we're at the conclusion. The main point I just want to leave with you is that there are four steps, and they're the same steps for you to walk away from God and also to draw you to God. And doing so, on the positive side, you'll be filled with God. So often, Christians are, we have vessels, but we tend to have all these leaks. We, we be, you know, leaking out and God, we're not full of God, so this is why we think we need to be filled again with His presence. The only reason you feel that way is because you stopped receiving. You need to start receiving from him again because he's always moving. Amen. Amen. And this is a really good example. I think this is a good example before we go that you actually use it to leap because um, when you put this on, you know, back in the old days, and it's the same today, mm-hmm. that you put it on, you actually say, thank you for wrapping me in your word. That's how you, before you actually put it on, that's what you say, thank you for wrapping me in your word, which is him. Amen. And uh, the lady that had the issue of blood, what she did was, and this is your prayer closet as well. This is your prayer closet. This is the zit zit. This is what the lady with the blood issue touched, and she believed that if I could just touch the him, of her garment, of his garment, mm-hmm. she would be made whole. Right. But this represents, you know, but this is still a titan shadow that you're the temple now of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's inside of you. You still have your prayer closet. You just don't need a high, you need a high priest, which is only him, but right. you can get into the presence of God yourself Amen. at any point. Amen. 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 This is so good. So at this time, um, thank you first of all for coming out. I hope the word has found you and richly in, uh, your life.